Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by Crimcheck. Hey, Black, what's on your background? Skirt, skirt, squeaky clean. Mm, I don't know about that, but hey, everyone has a past. And while we aim to tell stories, we also know how important it is for employers to get the answers they need to make hiring decisions quickly, which is why we have partnered with a company called Crimcheck. They specialize in providing pre-employment screening and certified background checks. Don't be left in the dark. Contact Crimcheck today by going to crimcheck.net. Make sure to mention this ad to hear about their premier pricing solutions. Hey, Black, check out this hilarious meme. Man, are you looking at the dad again? You know I am. This shit is hilarious. I know, and to think that our guest, the man behind that brand, Joel Willis, is a social media icon. You're right, Black. He is a pretty impressive guy. I can't wait to dive into this story. Welcome, Joel. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. And a little bit about Joel. Um, went from a soul-crushing corporate job, uh, in your words, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's to, fair. to finding your entrepreneurial spirit and, and uh, ultimately creating the, the Dad, uh, which is a platform on all social media, um, which is I found to be, you know, very, very inspiring and, and ultimately hilarious uh, with a lot of the content and things that you that you guys put out and promote. Um, so I know Kyle may have a couple of things he may want to add here with no, the just, intro. He's a legend. Yeah. Just keep it short and sweet. I'm not going to do the elongated intro. My man is a legend. So those that don't know, we're about to tell him. So we'll let him share his story. But um, indirectly, we met Joel through uh, one of our key folks within the job center, close friend and uh, great guy, Nick Van Zyl, his brother-in-law. So happened he sent me um, an Instagram message, and it was the dad. and Or I sent him, I'm sorry, I sent Nick the message of the dad, and he's like, that's my brother-in-law, and I thought he was full of shit. And I said, there's no way that this is this is your brother-in-law. So anyway... I always thought that once I got on the platform, I was like, this guy's a legend. He's very modest. <laughs> it's very quiet, as you'll see, as far as, you know, but they have over 7 million plat uh, people on their platform. And so he's followers. grown that brand followers, I should say. Um, so welcome to the yeah. Dog Podcast. I know that was yeah, a long intro. I appreciate intro, but that intro, man, from, from soul-crushing corporate <laughs> job to legend. <laughs> I like how this is going already. This is good. Did you think five <laughs> years ago you'd be sitting on, you know, podcasts, different podcasts, uh, talking about dad jokes and, and, and the life that you've kind of built for yourself. Oh, man, I mean, absolutely not. Um, man, where was I five years ago? Gotta, I got to look back. Um, you know, it, 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 I did say soul-crushing corporate job. That's true. It's fair to say. <laughs> uh, no disrespect to all the great places I worked and the people I worked with because it was uh, very valuable. Um, you know, just wasn't necessarily for me all the time. Um, have you seen Office Space? Yes. It's like office space, except without like some of the comedy. <laughs> That's how it felt at times. I just kind of felt a little bit out of place. So five years ago, I was living in that world. And and in fact, I did plan to make a quote unquote escape to do something a little bit more creative. So yes, I did kind of have that in mind. Um, I was at a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I just needed to get out and do something a little bit more creatively fulfilling. Um, and I told my wife that and she agreed, um, she's incredibly supportive, but she said, look, you need to have 
a five-year plan for how you're going to make that happen. You know, we had two kids at the time. You can't just, you know, stop working and go do something, you know, risky like that. So I did lay out a five-year plan. It was about five years ago. And the dad started two years ago, so I, I beat my five-year plan by a couple of years there. Yeah. yeah. So she was on board with the with the plan. Now, did you guys sit down and write that plan together, or was that something you just said? You know, this is what I want to lay out, and then yeah, get her thoughts. It's a bit of a whirlwind. I think I wrote it and got her thoughts, and she was cool with it. And in the plan, I, I should pull it back up and, and look back on it. It was something like, you know, start, um, you know, writing more. Um, freelancing, you know, get some actual like paid writing opportunities. That was like the first year. Second year was like get more regular uh, freelance opportunities with like legitimate sources and and, and, and brands and things like that. Um, and like make industry connections, do all these things, and then eventually be ready to kind of make that leap. Um, and then it kind of, it got accelerated. Now, before you decided to write this plan when you were still in the corporate world, no, your background was IT, correct? Is that kind of? Yeah, undergrad in IT. I uh, worked in IT for 10, 12 years, um, and then I got my master's in business. Were you dabbling in writing along the lines? So in your mind, were you kind of always just hinting towards, you know, at some point I want to quote unquote escape, but were you doing any like freelance work before uh, you kind of really put the five-year plan together? Yeah, no, not not really. You know, like I always, I've had um, a passion for creating things, a passion for comedy, a passion for, for media, all of these things that I kind of do now, but mm -hmm. I wasn't like actively doing them. Um, you know, when you're in, in college and you kind of make, uh, the safe choice, it's like, well, I could go into it makes decent money. You know, that's the safe choice. I went that route and sort of didn't really think anything of it. Right. I wasn't thinking like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like what, what would be the most fulfilling thing for me personally? Like that, those weren't questions I was asking myself. And then before you know it, um, you know, I'm sitting in a cubicle thinking like, I made the wrong choice. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. I should do something different and I need to make a plan to do that. And you said in, in our pre-notes that you were actually in a meeting at one point and you just kind of had like a dead stare looking over a cemetery and you're like, is this what all life has to offer or something like that? <laughs> That's fair. Is this where yeah. I'm going to end that, up? Yeah. Was that the moment or did you have multiple <laughs> sitting in the cube, sitting in the conference room or just like, when was enough enough? Uh, what was kind of the breaking point? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's accumulation of things, right? I mean, I, I remember working on projects where I would spend the majority of my time and energy focusing on these projects. Um, you know, and then six months, a year later, they're canceled. And I'm like, well, oh, well. <laughs> like I, I spent so much of my time on this for, for it to just be like, oh, well, like that's not, that's not enough for me. Like I, I, and meanwhile, I have all these ideas churning in the background, like things I want to work on, um, on the side that I just don't have the time or energy to actually work on. Um, so all of those things, you know, accumulated in a breaking point. And yeah, there was that moment I was sitting in a, in a conference room, uh, and the conference room was named like productivity or efficiency or whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm sitting there, you know, taking notes. I, I would carry around a notepad and a pen to pretend to take notes. Like that was literally what I would do. Like just so like people were like, yeah, I'm taking notes. Like I did, didn't really need to. It's just like a thing that you do for looks, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I look out the window and, you know, see a cemetery in the distance like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah, enough's enough. I got to go.
Yeah. And now I'm here um, doing this podcast, which is awesome. And I see like a Hooters billboard. (laughs) (laughs) That's our motivation. That's our studio. It looks over Hooters. So we. There's a Hooters club. (laughs) Right. 180 degree change here. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Obviously, your mind spins fast. So then you're going from, hey, I I know I have talent. I know I want to do more with my life as far as the creative aspect and then utilizing that to make a difference. And then you go to scary mommy first, right? Right. And so you start working in freelancing or working on their side and then then to the dad, right? Kind of talk to us how you got to where you are now, but through those different ventures. Sure, I can talk through that. Quick disclaimer though, I wasn't saying that I knew I had talent. (laughs) It's important because I literally didn't. And early on when I was doing freelance writing and, and things like that, it was really bad. Like that's just how it goes for any creative. Like it, you have to put in the 10,000 hours or whatever they say. Like, and, and that's so true. It's just like really, really bad at first. And it takes time to, you know, get better at it. And I wouldn't, um, even say that I have a bunch of talent now, but it, it takes time. So to, it's like to our podcast. It. It's like, we're really, really bad. We're about 1,000 hours. <laughs> yeah. You, the, we got 9,000 more hours. Yeah, You're telling right us we side. have a chance. <laughs> right side. Joel's <laughs> giving us motivation here. We you just still make it, Calvin. You just right. have to do this for another five years. And then, and then. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. We just need a uh, cemetery outside this window. <laughs> to motivate you. Not Hooters. That Hooters is too too positive. Let's get a cemetery. True. We'll just put some fake uh, tombstones out here and we'll be all right. Or real. Yeah. Or real. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so um, that, writing for Scary Mommy, that was part of part of that plan. You know, I was I started submitting things to various um, brands to get uh, published. Uh, they were one of them. Um, eventually, I got connected with their founder. Her name's Jill Smokler. Um, and she asked me to write, uh, jokes for them basically. Um, and I did that week after week with no time off for two years. Um, and it wasn't, um, an obligation or anything like that to me. I mean, I was doing it nights and weekends. It was just because I loved it and I was like, uh, enjoyable, fulfilling, you know, all of those things. So, um, I did that for, for two years and, and then the, um, the owner, of the brand that owns Scary Mommy reached out to me um, about you know potentially starting a dad brand. Can I ask you a quick question? Um, how did you muster up the courage to submit your writings? Because you, as you just said, you weren't, you didn't have the confidence in yourself. So as you're writing, when did you say, okay, this is something I need to go ahead and s- submit? Yeah, the internet is is interesting because anybody can write anything and put it out there publicly. So. I started a Twitter account to do that um, in 2013, maybe six years ago. That's crazy. Um, you know, and I would write essentially jokes for, for nobody. <laughs> like your- f- friends and family, all these people, nobody knew about it. I was just <laughs> putting that stuff out there um, and getting better at it, you know, and getting, uh, you know, eventually growing a following of, of my own under this, uh, you know, pseudonym account. Uh, <laughs> Love it. And And that was the start. I mean- on the dad, you know, we're, there's a team full of uh, very talented creatives, and almost every one of them has been through that same process. And it's like mm-hmm. extremely important. Like you can't really write uh, content for uh, the internet unless you've built your own brand and been through that process of what it's like to to react to the engagement and what people are saying and, and know what works and know what doesn't work. Um, it's just it's a lot different than any other kind of uh, comedy or writing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Takes wow, time building, building that brand right. takes takes time. We're seeing that ourselves. And that was the one thing when we sat down, something I think 
if you're looking at this as a business perspective, which we do have some folks that are listening is we struggle with ourselves within our company at the job center of how do you build that brand? And everyone wants a quick response or quick results versus like being patient, consistent. And that's a natural inclination. But I thought that was something like you said, like stick to, you know, really not looking at the necessarily the end result, but creating that positive content, consistently engagement. And that's something I know we took away from previously. And then some we're always instituting. I thought that simple, but then just really realistic approach was something I took away. I don't know if you can touch upon that at all. Sure. Any advice for someone from a, I guess a company marketing perspective or if on a, on a social platform, but um, I found like, I thought there's gonna be all these crazy unique ways that, you know, Joel is doing all these special things, but at the end of the day, there's some things that make it special. I'm sure the special sauce, but really it was just the foundation of fundamental consistency. I thought when I listen. Sure. It's different for every brand. Um, and, and it's about data driven decision-making or, or rather data informed decision-making. Um, if you only react to the metrics, if you only react to the engagement, then you're going to end up with some ultra extremist brand that is just way out there that a, a niche group of people are just like loving and you you don't want that. So you got to, you got to weigh the, the balance of like reacting to the data, but also staying true to your vision in terms of the content. And what we always say on the data is it's content first, content first, content first. Um, the, the metrics may show you. 16 by nine video does better than square and uh, posts tend to do better when they're posted at 8 30 PM Eastern standards, like all these things. I mean, okay. But, but really it's just about, is this good content or is it not? Right. If it's good content, it'll do well. The internet will tell you about it. Um, you don't necessarily have to, you know, react to all of the, the metrics, but you should use them to um, inform your approach. No doubt. Black and Decker. We're still waiting for this thing to, uh, to go viral, but I don't know. We just got to stay consistent. We, we were That's talking right. about taking our shirts off for the 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 dad the dad podcast. Take have the dad bods out, but Joel, you know, he was like, ah, let's let's avoid that. He got a ticket out of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard hard pass. Well, he's like a celebrity. Like, I want to share this story real quick because we're at lunch, and this guy is a he doesn't want to admit it because he's really modest. Once again, great guy, but he gets a DM. We find out later. Those that don't know, is that's a direct message, I believe, right? Am I speaking the, the right terms here? Yeah, very but good. Tech savvy. Tech savvy, right? Okay, here we go. So he gets a message saying, hey, were you guys at this sushi restaurant? Like, how crazy is that, man? So how how, how is it like kind of entering into this celebrity phase, I guess, or uh, I guess a social... Um, I don't even know what you want to call it, but it's yeah. it's uh you're known now, I guess. Yeah, fame, fame is it's a it's a tough price to pay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's still surreal to me. It's weird. Um, I think the first time somebody came up to me was in uh, LaGuardia, New York, and I had just like slept the entire flight, and somebody that was like sitting near me like recognized me. I'm probably like drooling like all over the place. Like I get off the plane looking like, you know, trash. And this guy's like, man, I love the brand. Lo love Instagram. <laughs> like that. Thanks, man. But that like took me by surprise. Like, oh, now I got to like watch how I behave in public. Like I can't dribble yeah. on airplanes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever signed an autograph yet? Have you done any autographs or not yet? No, I don't think so. Okay. They're coming. You know what? We're going to get, I'm going to be the first guy. I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to be the first to get the dad's autograph. Let's do it. Let's, All right. What, what I want to happen is I want to see somebody out in public wearing a the dad shirt. 
And I've had people text me like, I, I see somebody wearing the shirt or what, and they'll text you me. You want to physically see it? I want to see it. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be amazing. That'd be surreal for wow. sure. That's yeah, when that we'll have made it. So let's get back to, um, I know my question took us down a rabbit hole. Um, so you start, you submit content and Scary Mommy, they take notice, right? And they're the first ones that kind of reach out and take some notice. And I guess we can kind of pick up back at that point of the story. Yeah, sure. Sure. So some uh, Scary Mommy is owned by a company called Some Spider um, and they're in New York City. Uh, so they, they own uh, Scary Mommy, they own the dad and they own Cafe. Um, yeah, and the, the owner of some spider reached out to me. And actually at that time I took an extended role at Scary Mommy. So I was running their Instagram and uh, leading a team of, of humor writers, uh, four people. Humor writer? Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work in that room. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, that was a good time. But the problem was at that time I was still, um, you know, working full time in data and analytics and and technology and stuff too. So I had that I was all awesome. at cemeteries. <laughs> That's right. I was commuting downtown, riding a bus downtown, and I would I would do the the writing on the bus down to that job. Um, and then I was also an adjunct professor at UC, uh, teaching an IT class. So I had that going too. I was doing freelance design. I had my own brand. Uh, two kids, <laughs> you know, house. <laughs> I was exhausted. Yeah, it was brutal. That, that happened for for six months. Yeah. Can you teach your brother in law to work like that? Can we can we like have some of those work working habits wear off on him or what? Man. I wouldn't recommend it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. I mean, yeah, I got a lot done, but I mean, you burn out fast. You gotta have the time to relax and recharge and stuff. Yeah, it's very important. Um, and even in this job now, like I'm always on, so it's like always on my mind. Yeah, we've seen. So I I've invested in a couple of different things, but more involved in in two different companies. I can't imagine five. I think that was for you or close to it. So I mean, juggling all that from time management, and they said you have two kids. I think now are ten and seven, so they were at an earlier stage, having mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with your wife. I mean, wow. I thought I was busy. That uh, that's a whole different level. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it did teach me how to how to have a strong work ethic. But um, yeah, it was a lot. And just to go off of kind of time management and work and kind of the work overload. Now it's into more of always being on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have the mental health is is a big topic, and we've actually had a lot of guests that that's been a prevalent topic throughout our podcast. But kind of talk us through. Um, how do you manage your mental health with that? Always, like I said, you're getting messages across the world now, uh, everything. So how are, how do you, I guess, take a break? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I don't know. I mean, the key, the most important thing for me is that it's not just me, you know, um, the team that we have in place for the dad is just crazy talented and just having those people that you can trust and that, that do their thing extremely well too. And you don't take everything on yourself and just having that structure and process in place uh, for all those things to, you know, operate like a well-oiled machine in terms of a brand, like that's helpful for, for me personally. Um, but yeah, mental health is extremely important um, and not discussed enough, I would say, um, especially regarding mental health as it relates to social media and, and working full time in social media. It's it's hard to describe to somebody who doesn't do it, um, but imagine it's like a creative person, say like a stand-up comedian, just doing a set all the time for a million people, 
<laughs> and, and they're getting that constant reaction, you know, positive, which is great, makes you feel, feel good, and then or, or negative, uh, which, you know, doesn't. And then it's this constant, you know, swing of, you know, how things are going. Um, so for me, I just got to try to detach myself from that a little bit. Um, I think that's one thing I've heard from you consistently is how great of a team you've had and how blessed. And I think that's something that when you've started something that I've had the opportunity to do that. And I never forget one of my business mentors has been fortunate enough to sell two different companies for billions of dollars. And I had a meeting with him in Chicago and he sat from me to him and he was like, what are you, what are you doing different? Like, what, what do you think you would do different at say a hundred million that you're close to than 1 billion? I was like, I guess a lot more work. And he was like, wrong. Yeah. He goes, this is what the difference is. He goes, he goes, you surround yourself with better people. You make decisions. You're still going to work 70, 80 hours a week. There's only so much work you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Now the pressure and different things maybe changes a little bit, but he's like, literally the work he did at a, a hundred million was the same at 1 billion. So it's kind of similar to what you're saying. And I, I've seen that too, is when you surround yourself, you can scale. Yeah. So from a business perspective, like if you have a good team, your output is going to be at certain capacity, but if you hire right, you build right, you build a culture, you can scale. And you've seen, like you said, in a year and a half, you guys have grown all of your platforms to 7 million-ish or whatever it is. I mean, obviously you're continuing to scale. And like you said, it's a tribute to building a great team. So Exactly. Team, culture, all those things go into scale for sure. What are your thoughts on, <laughs> I just saw in the media um, social uh, that Instagram is going to be removing the likes. Yeah, I saw that too. And they were talking about it being, you know, linked to mental health on on youth or for those who are running their own social media platform. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting. I hadn't heard that angle of it. I guess that's true. But I think they're only removing it. I'm sorry. They're only removing it um, visibly for, for other people. It's like you would be able to see who likes your stuff. I think that's the way that it would work. Yeah. So – the mental health angle is interesting to me because I still think it'll have the same pitfalls. Um, I think they were saying more so like if you're like a kid in school, post something, his classmates can see, oh, no one likes your stuff. So then they yeah. can come the bully angle of no one likes you. Whereas, mm. Well, I see what you're saying too. If no one, if I see no one's liked it, like it's still going to take that same personal effect on you because you're looking at your own stats. Yeah. So, man, yeah. that stuff's so depressing to me. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. I hate to think that people, you know, feel that way, but I know that they do. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, it, it might help. I don't know. It's, it's worth experimenting with. And I know that they experimented with it, um, in other countries yeah. on a smaller scale. Um, and I assume it's, it's been positive. Yeah. So yeah, anything that would help. Uh, mental health regarding uh, people's obsessiveness with social media is a good thing. Right. Yeah. Now, kind of switching gears, um, for those who aren't familiar with the dad, maybe talk a little bit about what the dad is. Obviously, it's a social media platform with a lot of, a lot of comedy and humor um, geared, you know, towards certain demographics and whatnot. But then also after that, can you talk a little bit about the creative process of what goes into creating the memes? Because like everyone, we see memes and you're like, well, who the hell sits around and creates <laughs> these memes? But when you take a look at it and see, like you, like you said, you've got, like you guys just talked about, you've got a very, very talented team around you that takes the time to to put this type of content out there. Yeah, yeah. So the dad, the dad is a, a media brand um, that celebrates modern fatherhood. Uh, so our number one goal is to entertain. Dads are exhausted. Yes, I mean, we are. Yes. Amen, brother. All, Amen. Par- all parents are. 
Um, and we just need, I mean, we don't want to be, you know, preached to, but we want to, you know, have a place to go to just take a break, you know, and, and relax. <laughs> um, and, and it can be about parenting. So it's it, it, funny, relatable things about parenting, um, things that you can commiserate about and relate to, um, you know, but just take that time out and like have a place to, you know, be entertained and have it, have it be lighthearted and positive. And then our second goal is to build a sense of community among dads. So I, I feel like if we put enough positive, inclusive, celebratory uh, material out there about kind, involved dads, you know, who still, uh, you know, don't take themselves too seriously, but you know, they're, they're a- inclusive, they care about people, <laughs> you know, all of these things, uh, then we can literally, you know, change the perception of fatherhood. You know, even if it's like the tiniest amount, like that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have that, that ability and that's, that's really what we're striving towards all the time. And I would say you're saying you have the ability. I would say you are like you changed. It was a great outlet for me. So there's so much, once again, you can focus on the negativity. Um, what's always going to be there now. I don't think you can avoid it, but how do you make a platform, you know, positive. And if you look at your platform, it's in my opinion, I can't speak for everybody, but obviously your following is growing for a reason. So just let the results speak for themselves. But I know I enjoy it. It's a great outlet for me. Go to work, come home, stressful, what have you. I start looking through the memes or the different content. And there's actually a dad of the month. That was the one thing I commented on before that I really enjoyed as well. So you have humor, as we talked about, you even have a humor room, which is interesting. <laughs> um, but then you also have the sentimental moments of the dad of the month that's really highlighting, you know, a dad and, and the work they do with their kids and the support they have. And I, I really found that to be um, really inspirational. So um, I know we kind of talked through through that of, of you get a lot of submittals. And so there's a lot of good dads out there. Yeah, it's um, great. It's a hard to pick by. So it's shine a spotlight on them. Yeah, for sure. And we couldn't do we couldn't do comedy without the sentimental stuff and, and vice versa. They, they both need to be part of the same coin due to the, that vision that I just described what we're after. You know, if we can do um, we can do entertaining content that's so good, you don't have to be a dad to appreciate it. Then we are afforded this ability to have slightly more sentimental uh, what what otherwise might be considered, you know, cheesy or whatever content that just punctuates it, uh, you know, and gets people excited to be a dad or, or celebrate positivity in the world. Like those two things just go hand in hand in that way. Yeah. And you just got to see it. I mean, someone that's not engaged, go to, they just rolled out an app. Um, they have, they're on every platform you can think of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I know probably now TikTok. I would imagine, or Twitch, they're on Twitch. They have a gaming, they have a 10,000 people that get on and play video games or Fortnite. At least I know that, um, been following that. He rolled that out a month ago The apps coming out today. Um, so they're continued to hit different, um, ways of connecting with people depending on the platform they choose. So talk about the evolution, uh, from that, like, so adding on and layering in different uh, distribution channels from a business perspective and how that's helped grow your brand. For sure. It's all about that sense of community, that secondary goal that I mentioned, mm-hmm. building that sense of community. The gaming group is a perfect example. Like ideally all of the the dad community would all be in one place physically and we could all hang out, you know, and, you know, play intramural uh, kickball or whatever. Yeah. Pickleball <laughs> yeah, or <whatever>. something. <laughs> I would love that. Might be. But we can't, so, cause we're all worldwide. So like the gaming group allows us to like connect with each other, uh, on a personal level, which is amazing. 
Um, I mean, you want to talk about an underdog story. Last night was the Mario Kart League. And there's this guy in the league who is, he's got to be like top 1% in the world in Mario Kart. And I beat him last night. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. One race out of 12. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> nice. You know, and the, we're, we're joking back and forth. Who were you? Other. Like Luigi or who was your, who was your character? Toad. I, Toad? I, I was Bowser. Bowser. Really? Yeah. Bowser with the wow. win. Yeah. Okay. All right. He starts, yeah. so, he starts so slow. But once he gets rolling. Uh, exactly. The, the Mario Kart Obviously league. avoided bananas. and, and got super, around. super competitive. You guys should check it out. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's that's a platform that's grown in what, last 60 days from zero to 10,000 or something? Exactly, like yeah. <laughs> so people are enjoying that community. Like I said, you're building these communities. Yeah, that's the evolution. Um, that's what, the evolution you talk about is, is ex- extending ourselves beyond uh, the bread and butter, the things that we, we've already been doing and doing well um, into the more um, you know virtual communities. Um, also, uh, books and calendars and the, the shop stuff that we have as well, um, those types of products. So, yeah, keep growing. And I think it's, it's important because – this world, it actually, it's crazy it sounds, has opened up for me because you talk about, you deal with people at work or your friends, but to have another community that we're all bonding over, no sleep, you know, uh, maybe a rough day at work or maybe a rough day with your spouse or whatever, and all of a sudden you can connect with others, that's really healthy, I think. From Talk about mental health. Right. Um, you know, I think, I know I haven't engaged in some of those other platforms, I, I look forward to doing it, but just once again, the content and seeing it and then, you know, even having the relationship, you know, meeting with you multiple times, you know, opened that up, you know, I think to, to say, Hey, it's okay to be tired. Yeah. It's okay to f- feel like you're going crazy at times because you're running on zero sleep and like five Red Bulls, you know, <laughs> you're <laughs> right. on the rail and you're about to fall off and Hey, I'm not the only dad out there. So. Yeah, that's right. And that, that kind of bonding, that's the, that's the positive aspects of social media. Yeah. And then on the other hand, the negatives are like, you know, arguing in the comments with somebody, you're not going to change their mind and you know, so forth and so on. So we avoid that and we, we celebrate the positive stuff. One other thing you talk about too, in our pre-notes, um, you mentioned how fatherhood is, has evolved and kind of changed the evolution of it. Um, kind of referring back to, you know, you said you had a fairly nice, nice childhood or whatnot, mm-hmm. but um, when you talk about how fatherhood has evolved, care to explain a little bit more on kind of your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, how is it, how is it for you guys? Were you, were you, did your dad, you know, play video games with you or, or, you know, play Legos with you and all of these things or were they, you know, involved like you are with your kids? I I mean, for me, my dad was great and he provided for us and, um, a, a really, really good dad and positive influence in my life. But, um, I'm just way more involved with mm-hmm. my kids than I think. I think that's just a generational thing. It's just how it was. Yeah. Same for you guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd say my, my father was, um, you know, I don't think he ever played video games. I'm looking back, I'm like laughing. I'm like, man, did I he play Mortal Kombat? <laughs> whatever, or whatever there was you, only Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, uh, whatever Nintendo. your equivalent of that would be. Yeah, um, but no, he. Uh, you know, once again, very blessed uh, to have a have a great father, and he was very involved. But it was more, I guess, would say. It was just so much different because the technology's changed so much. It was more with from a sports perspective, or like out shooting hoops, or or um, you know throwing baseball. So I was very blessed to have that type of involvement, um, but nothing like really. They like said sitting down watching a movie or busting out an iPad. I think 
you know, shoot, I had flip, and this is dating me, I guess, a little bit. Flip phones, flip phones came to speak today <laughs> on uh, at high school level. Yeah. You know, I mean, so technology is just it's. I think it's evolved so much. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I was very blessed to have that. And so, do you feel like to kind of go off your 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 relationship with your father? Um. When you're saying you're a lot more involved, is that just in different ways than what your dad was, or is it? How, how would you explain that? I guess a little bit further. I think you could you could probably measure it in terms of time. I mean, just like time spent and things like that. Um, my dad traveled a lot and stuff like that, so um, you know that's part of it as well. But um, and it, it probably also helps that my entire career is based around fatherhood. Right? <laughs> True, <laughs> you know? but I, I spend just yeah. Your time. kids are in videos. That's not yeah. even fair. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. His his two my, kids are in video. My dad, my dad never put me in viral internet video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what the hell? <laughs> like, well, wait, and you also, and I'm just gonna throw this out there. Little birdie told me in my ear, you have something called Eliisms. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just pure pure kidisms. Everybody's got them, right? Right. So talk a little bit about what those are. Can you give us a couple yeah, examples? Yeah, you know, when a kid uh, calls something. Um, you know, by by the wrong name. I got a like he called a a, a ring a, a finger bracelet. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite ones. I, I got a memory in Facebook um, of of these things that came up like today. So I'll read off some of them to you. <laughs> that is too good. These Eli isms. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Here we go. We, we got, oh, wait till he gets. How old is Eli? He is seven. Oh, so as he gets older, as his daughter's ten and his son is seven. Both so they're at like the prime age for this. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. They're on the recent release of this video. Yeah, they're my both of my kids are hilarious. So um let's see. He's he called a yeah, finger bracelets a ring. He called an orthodontist a dentist odontist. <laughs> <laughs> he called angel hair pasta hair string noodles. Um <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, there's just so many that I gotta go through here. He called a uh, a whale, a sea shark, for some reason. He called paint marker juice. <laughs> he calls lotion uh, girl polish. <laughs> Parmesan cheese is Papa John cheese. <laughs> yeah, Cornbread's crumble bread. <laughs> Love it. That oh, is man. fantastic. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. See, look, I'm I'm laughing. You know, it just changes. No doubt. Yeah, go check out his pranks videos too. He's he um he wanted to start a YouTube channel. He wanted to be a YouTuber. And for the reasons we talked about earlier about social media, I said, I don't really want you to do that for the purposes of having a YouTube channel. Like if you're in it because you want to get a bunch of followers, that is the wrong reason, wrong to, reason do it. to do it. If you like making videos and stuff, that's cool. Like go, go make videos. Show me what you got. <laughs> Once <laughs> pick, again, go theme. do the content, be yeah. passionate about it. Exactly. And what falls through after that, you know, is what it is, right? Exactly. Um, so he picked a theme. His theme was pranks. He recorded a bunch of pranks videos. <laughs> Um, and they're hilarious <laughs> in like such a wholesome way. Um, so is it like the, what is it? The show on uh, MTV where it's the, um, gosh, where they prank, um, was a Johnny Knoxville or whatever. He would do the pranks. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like yeah. that, like you do goofy stuff and get on video or no. Yeah. He, he was, he doesn't really understand the idea of a prank. So he's like <laughs> pranking himself. Like he's like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat pizza today. Aren't you excited? And like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he takes a bite and he had 
placed hot sauce on it on a specific spot and he pranked himself and he's like spitting it out and stuff. <laughs> Check it he out. He would have probably been a YouTube, uh, yeah, he'd probably have millions of followers. But yeah. Hey, let's do uh, hot takes. You want to roll into yeah. it? So each each episode we do hot takes or hot questions. So we'll see um, we'll see what, what Calvin has here. Let it rip. So of all the content you've created, and this could be, you know, I don't know this. You may not have an answer for this one, but what is the best dad joke or meme oh, no. <laughs> that just kind of stands out? I knew this was coming. There you go. It was coming. Especially when he's released thousands of right. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. You got to pick it's one. It's hard one. to keep them straight. I don't know. The first one, I'll just pick the first one that came to my mind. Um, <laughs> it says, uh, I'm I'm not a vest guy, but my wife wanted me to wear a vest, so I compromised and I wore a vest. And it's a picture of me <laughs> in a vest and her standing next to me smiling. I'm just like <laughs> Nick probably remembers that. It was at our mother in law's house. <laughs> it was like a literal Christmas photo that we took that I made into a meme. And um You take real life and just I, and I, I like that one it's because uh, because people at my wife's work would come up to her and say like I saw you in this thing. <laughs> she hated that, hated it. <laughs> and that that on its own makes me laugh. That's great. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh man, still running the dad. Yeah, who knows what it'll be? I've I've sort of stopped thinking in terms of like what's the next five years and started thinking in terms of like what's the next five days. <laughs> That's kind of like yeah, how yeah. it's been recently. I, it's good to have a five year plan, but I currently don't really have one. I'm just loving loving what I'm doing and just keep keep doing it and do as good a job as I can. I think there's a lot to say about that. Our old coach used to say when, which is what's important now. Sometimes you just need to focus. Ha- have you know, like I said, create that long term goal, but. Just live day by day. You're not given, you know, five years from now. He said three years ago you were, you know, not even half the dad, right? I mean, you've been doing it for a couple of years, but like you didn't know where it was going to go. So yeah, I had a five year plan then because I really wanted something else, and and now the opposite's true. I don't really have one because I'm, you know, in my dream job. What about uh, the underdogs? Not your dream job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be returning on this podcast. We're trying to replace in five Tiffany. Years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> episode four hundred. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring you back after you guys do your ten thousand hours. Yeah, we'll back. Yeah, yes. you got a whole fourteen hundred <laughs> Facebook followers, <laughs> fifty people on Twitter, and yeah, yeah, we we're rocking it. I'll be back. We'll yeah. bring you back. We're like one one millionth of a, <laughs> the dad right now. But hey, we're with the dad. We're with the dad. Yeah, once again, next level. Um, what's the most rewarding experience so far with running the dad? Uh, the most rewarding stuff for me is, is things like dad of the month. Um, things like you mentioned that, um, when we can do sentimental stuff, we can give back, we can recognize people who have been through a lot, um, and are doing great things despite all that. I love it. Um, I was going to say, I almost feel weird being on the underdog podcast because I, I don't necessarily feel like an underdog. I feel like I've, I've been very privileged and, and, and grateful for everything that has happened in my life. But there are so many people out there who have been through so much, come through it, persevere, and then still manage to do great things, um, you know, in, in terms of their family, uh, their community, all these things. Um, so when we can highlight those, those people through Dad of the Month, um, or even we have a series called Father Figures where people tell their stories. That is most fulfilling to me. Well, I'll say this too, because what you have created, though, you've created that platform for those people. But if you look back five years ago, though, when you're sitting at the, in that job, you know, 
miserable and not happy. Yeah. You know, and you figured out what you wanted to do and put that plan together. And now, like I said, you've created this platform that you're able to now expose a lot of those stories. So you may not see yourself as an underdog, but I would think I would maybe kind of beg the differ to say at one point you probably were because there are so many people who are in your, who were in, who are currently in the shoes you were five years ago who are like, at some point I've got to get out and, and figure out what, what my, you know, well, most people yeah. fail. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Like most people that do, at least what I've I hear some I should be maybe not factual. This is what I hear out on the on the web or the internet is, and and I think there is some statistics there to back it up. But most people that go out and take the venture and take the leap of faith don't always have success and go back to what they were doing. And and so that's I think once again a credit. You know, what's I think what makes you from I've learned quickly. You're very uh, passionate, but you're also very you know, genuine and, and honest with, with, uh, being humble, you know, I think that's a tribute to you. Uh, next question I have for you is what's your favorite part of being a dad? Let's talk about you as a dad. My favorite part of being a dad, uh, there's a, there's a, a line in the book is, uh, the book that we made is parenting is equal parts. Oh my God, they're just like me and happiness. And oh my God, they're just like me in terror. <laughs> and that's <laughs> so my, true. That's my favorite part is just seeing my kids, uh, you know, be unique individuals, but then also have like these traits uh, that I have and that my wife has. It's just, it's amazing. Like they're this unique combination of the two of us you know, but this, this twist on it that makes them unique. It's, it's amazing. I always say all the bad traits that my two boys have, Oh, that's on you, babe. That's, that's, that's a trait. That's a Riley trait. That's not a Decker trait. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's like, that's not me. Oh man. And then that just opens a whole nother bailiwack. So it's going to start avoiding those, the, the, you know, the tempers, definitely my wife. Um, you know, the, you know, I'll just stop. I'm just going to stop. stop. Just gonna yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go on. Don't Listen. even. The eating habits. <laughs> oh, okay. Him. Here we go. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I do want to say thank you very much for, sure. for, uh, for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to, sure. uh, to sit to with the here. UDP. I have man. gifts for you guys. Uh-oh. Do you guys want to open them here? Sure. Let's sure. Let's open them. Here. Let's open these on, on the air. Yeah, let's do it. So this is a great way why they have to go to our YouTube or anything else to see what he's actually giving yeah, us. Yeah, so. exactly. And see the bags. Exactly. Yeah. So I got these gift bags. Just just pulled them out randomly. This is how dads wrap. <laughs> <laughs> so take a look. You can. Nice. There's the dad book. Thank you. Hey, is there yeah. a pen over there? I'm going to get the first oh, yeah. Yeah. toilet material. Like yeah. sit on the toilet and just read <laughs> it's, away. It's, it's a great toilet book. Right. My wife's already mad I'm in there long enough, but appreciate yeah, this it. Is, this is yeah, great. Sure. So. Um, Joel gave us the dad book, Truce, Hacks, and Dadisms. And the shirt says the dad bod. Oh, uh, you got oh, this, this, is this is random. You happen to get the dad bod. Whoa, no offense. Whoa, yeah, because you have the dad bod. And what's your, I can't even remember. He got, he got a trophy husband. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, right here. Let me just hold this up. <laughs> Those that can't see, I'm holding it up. Obviously, he has the dad bod. I have, I'm the trophy husband. That is right. You guys can swap so, if it makes more sense. Nah, I don't know. I don't want to nah, say. Like <laughs> but hey, um, thank you yes, once again. Follow right. Joel. Um, really, his brand and his team are doing big things at the dad. Um, is that pretty much the handle for everything if they put the dad on most of the platforms to yeah, find you? It should work, yeah. Okay. And buy uh, – look at this. They have they have a product line. Once again, these shirts are great and uh, books, and I'm sure you got We've a lot of other children's things, so. books. I know we didn't touch on that. Yep, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different content and different things out there. So yeah, Absolutely. Well, thank you awesome, so much. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.